Hello, everyone, and welcome to iCritic Live. This is the podcast where we talk about entertainment, pop culture, and life in between. I am your host, Kevin Rodriguez, film critic of iCritic.net. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes of your time with me here today. Now, we do have a bit of a main topic today, but today I want to deal with like a few little topics. Um, we're going to first talk about something that I'm going to start making a monthly tradition at the beginning of the month where I talk about uh, physical media releases that are worth seeking out. And um, that's very important considering the first topic we're going to talk about. The first topic will be Funimation store closure. Um, I'm going to discuss a little bit of my frustration with Splash Mountain fans and how they perceive um, what's going on with the ride because I've been hearing some truly, truly baffling um, arguments against why the retheme is just terrible and we don't even <laughs> and it's going to be good folks just spoiler alert it's going to be good and then i want to talk about this really baffling backlash the criterion channel is facing over uh putting an anime on their criterion channel streaming service so that's the agenda today hopefully you will stick around and join me and again you can check us out on all the podcast um you know, sites, Spotify, Apple, Google, Deezer, whatever you decide to use. And of course, we have the YouTube channel. I mean, if you are only stopping by once, hey, we'd like it to be official and have you on full time. So let's talk very briefly. And I mean, very, very briefly, because I made a video about this on my YouTube channel, which is the iCritic channel, about Funimation's digital libraries going away. Now, I made this video because um, the debate about the importance of physical media is definitely coming up more and more. Like, it's really funny how for old school people like me, um, where I actually remember going onto another channel to debate the merits of Google Stadia. And, you know, I, I went into a channel that was like very unfriendly towards me, you know, um, they were there because Stadia was the future, cloud gaming was the future, Stadia ruled. And here I was basically going on the channel, basically explaining why Google Stadia was not going to survive and why it really didn't work the way that they thought it was. And, you know, I, there were a lot of comments like, you know, this guy just doesn't see the future and, um, this guy's old school. That's cool. But you know, he just needs to embrace what is happening. But the funny thing about that conversation is that ultimately I was right. Google Stadia did shut down. They did lose all those games. I mean, they got refunds if you purchase games, but like the service fees and stuff weren't refunded. So, I mean, yeah, the guy was right. Google had the money to keep the thing going as long as they wanted, but clearly they didn't want to do it. And this was like always a big, you know, question mark with a console-less, disk-less, um, you know, service. Like, and here's the thing, I actually like Stadia. I subscribe to it. I paid the $10 a month because you got a couple games every month and I, I played it every month. So, you know, I I enjoyed Stadia, but I knew it wasn't gonna last. And, you know, I also knew that, look, even if you have, you know, the biggest company in the world hosting this stuff, it doesn't mean that they're gonna keep it going. In fact, there's really concerns right now about Xbox um, being, taken to a all digital service and Microsoft no longer making Xbox hardware. We don't know if that's a fact right now, but here's the thing. If they do decide to stop making Xbox hardware, what if they decide to discontinue Xbox video and the Xbox music and things like that? What happens to all your digital purchases? It's a question mark. 
And Sony has kind of become like the poster child of why you do not want to give up physical media. Because several months ago, they announced on their to their PlayStation users that Discovery content that they had purchased and paid for would no longer be acceptable. There'd be no refunds. Now, they came with a deal that reversed that decision. But over in Europe, they did remove Studio Canal titles. There was no backtrack on that. And now, after they purchased Crunchyroll, well, if you bought or redeemed codes for... Funimation's website, the digital copies, those copies are not carrying over to Crunchyroll and they're not carrying over to Sony's core um, video on demand service. They're just disappearing. And more and more people are realizing that, you know, digital is not ownership. And unless there's legislation, this stuff is going to keep happening. So on one hand, it kind of sucks that it, my predictions were true and that a lot of our predictions were true. We, we know how studios work. They don't want you to own this stuff if they can help it. That's why they tried to develop the DivX system. And the DivX system was a Circuit City thing where you would buy a device and then you would get DivX discs for like $4. And you would purchase this $4 disc, you put it in the player, and then you could watch the movie for 48 hours, as many times as you want. But then it would lock, and you would have to either pay $3 to watch it for another 48 hours, or you'd have to pay like $20 to unlock it permanently. <laughs> you can imagine paying Disney $3 every time you popped in that worn-out tape of The Lion King. Like, it, it would have been a nightmare. And, you know, the consumers rightfully rejected that. But now in the age of streaming and digital like it's super convenient i get it and so we're giving up more and more of our rights but now as stuff is being pulled and now purchases stuff that should be able to be watched forever and in fact i believe there's even a class action lawsuit against sony and crunchyroll because when you purchased one of these funimation discs a blu-ray dvd didn't matter uh they advertise the digital copy as you know it's yours forever and, well, what does forever mean? Well, apparently uh, it means, you know, it can go away before our lifetime is ended. So there's going to be a class action lawsuit about that. And I think more are going to need to happen to get this situation under control. It's very interesting to witness. Now, with that out of the way, let's start this new feature, which I'm going to call physical media that I personally recommend. And... I want to, I mean, we're halfway through the month right now, but it's going forward, the first episode of the month, we are going to take a little bit of time at the beginning of, or the end, maybe the end, uh, we're going to take some time to, for me to go through what's coming out um, in the month, and granted, I don't have a list of every, everything that's coming out, but I want to highlight some highlights of things that are coming out. Now, since uh, we are in the middle of the month, um, we're going to start, like, Yesterday, um, there were some notable movies that were released. Um, Columbia Classics Volume 4, the 4K edition, was released. This is a box set of Columbia Classic movies that they selected, and they come in 4Ks. Now, so far, these movies have been hit and miss about being sold individually, and as a result, these box sets have gone out of print, and they have become huge collector items, so that's been released. Uh, Footloose in 4K has been released. Footloose is not a very good movie, in my opinion, but... It is a iconic movie, so therefore, I think it's worthy of, you know, giving some attention to. Uh, Spy Family Season 1 Part 1 has been released on Blu-ray. If you have not seen Spy Family, you can stream the anime on Crunchyroll, but 
Well, considering what's going on with the anime being taken away, if you really like the show, getting it on Blu-ray might be a good idea. We've also got Harriet on 4K that came out. Uh, this is the movie about Harriet Tubman. Excellent movie. Really enjoy that that one. It finally has a 4K release. Now, on February 20th, we've got movie Paprika coming out in 4K, and we've got the Beverly Hill Cops movies coming out in 4K, and we have on Blu-ray Hanna-Barbera Superstars 10. These are like 10 animated movies that Hanna-Barbera made, like Jetsons Meet the Flintstones and a man called Fred Flintstone, the Yogi, some Yogi Bear stuff, all this jazz. We also have a 4K steelbook of Platoon, the best picture winner, and a Warner Archive collection, The Good, The Bad, and The Huckleberry Hound, and that's one that I will definitely be uh, picking up. Um, oh, by the way, things like Yogi Bear and the Magical Flight of the Spruce Goose, that's being released individually, but it's also part of that 10 movie collection we mentioned a little earlier today. Uh, what else is coming out on the 20th? We have Darkman in 4K. That's really cool. Now on um, February 27th, um, we have Wonka coming out on 4K. Uh, we have Stanley Kubrick's Fear and Desire, one of his best films coming out as well. And uh, keep an eye out for Dream Scenario, Nicolas Cage movie that was very much overlooked. And here's a big surprise. All Quiet on the Western Front, the Netflix movie, is getting a re-release on disc. Now it has won all these Oscars. Um, that is, It's always great to see a Netflix movie coming out on physical media. We have the early films of Asghar Farhadi, which includes Dancing in the Dust and Beautiful City. I've actually seen Beautiful City. That is an excellent movie. And Asghar uh, Farhadi is one of the best filmmakers working today. I've loved all of his movies. I'm looking forward to getting this and seeing Dancing in the Dust because I have never seen it. Um, if you want something a little um, cheesy, though, you can get Extreme Dinosaurs. The complete series is an old 80s cartoon, and it's it's not good, but it holds nostalgia for some of us. And also, the toy animation classic, sorry, I just kicked the chair, Puss in Boots Around the World will also be released, as will Smallville, the complete series, finally get a Blu-ray release. In the past, a few seasons of Smallville had made its way to Blu-ray, but not the whole series. The whole series is now finally making its way to Blu-ray. And if you really want uh, to throw your money away, you could get You Are Stronger Than You Think with Joel Osteen, which is a Trinity Broadcasting Network original series. Uh, I, for the record, am not a fan of Joel Osteen. While he seems like a nice guy, I don't think he actually teaches a healthy version of the gospel. And, and by the way, these are just some of my personal selections that I want to bring highlights to. There are tons of releases that I didn't mention. You know, there's also Migration is coming out this month, as is A Man Called Hero, and The Magnificent Seven is getting a 4K release. And, you know, some of these are really good. I just wanted to highlight a few of these things. All right. So with that said, let's talk a little bit about um, the Splash Mountain re-theme. And, you know, maybe one of these days I'll do a full episode on Splash Mountain because it is a, a very complicated topic. And, it, and I think that it pro almost deserves its own episode. But I want to dispel a notion that I've been hearing recently so Splash Mountain is one of the premier Disney rides, and it's great. I, it's one of those rides that you want to go every time you go, 
but it has always had some controversy because the ride used characters from Song of the South, which is a movie that is at the very least insensitive in its portrayal of Southern relations between black people and white people. And I don't think it's nearly the big deal that it is, but on the other hand, I've seen the movie. Most people have not seen the movie because Disney will not release it, and so they can only hear things, and they can only imagine things. And I do think that Disney really needs to just pull the Band-Aid off and release this film somehow. Like, let people see that it is not nearly as insidious, nor is it as good, I want to also add, as people say it is. It's an okay film that has some great animated sequences. The live action parts are a lot more boring. Um, it really has a lot to do almost with So Dear to My Heart, a movie where it's like, I personally like the animated scenes in that movie, but when it was in the live action mode, it was just boring as heck. So, you know, that's, I just want to put that out there. But here's the thing. Disney decided for various reasons that we're not going to get into that they want to retheme Song of the South into a Princess and the Frog ride called Tianu's Bayou Adventure. And they've already started taking things down. And they also built the Tiano's restaurant next to the ride. They're, they're definitely retheming the area a little bit. And I mean, I know that there are people who really love this ra- ride. And they loved everything they had to do about, about it to the point where it's like, they like show before and after pictures, and it's like, oh, look at how beautiful it was before. Look at how bad it looks now. And the I think the average person would look at those before and after photos and be like, well, what's wrong with the after photo? Like, you know, and the answer is there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not the before picture. That's what it is. But one of the things that I keep reading about, and it's a, I just want to dispel this rumor when people say, oh, this is Tony Baxter's baby. Tony Baxter. Sir is a Disney Imagineer, and this was, you know, he pretty much did a lot of, like, the mountains. He did the Thunder Mountain, and he did the Space Mountain, and, of course, the Splash Mountain. And he he's a great Imagineer. His rides are classic and iconic, and they're like, oh, they're destroying one of Tony Baxter's rides, and, you know, they should have him be retheming it if they're going to be retheming it at all. Like, they're going to ruin his experience. And the answer, no, they're not, because here's the thing. Yes, Tony Baxter did have a say in, like, you know, the design of the characters and the music and things like that. I get that. But you know what he also had a hand in? He had a hand in the track. He had a hand in the design of the building. He had a design in the line queue. And I actually made a comment on X, a, a long comment, where I said, look, here's the thing. If we consider Tony Baxter to be, like, a house builder, like, and he built a house... Is the house structure going to be, you know, insufficient? Is it going to fall apart because someone came along and said, you know what, we don't like the fact that the house is pink. Let's paint it yellow. Like, and the answer would be no. That'd be stupid because the paint job is different from the house structure. And this is what is going on with Splash Mountain. They are not changing the structure. They are not taking anything down. They're not demolishing anything. They are simply taking out these animatronics to put those animatronics in. They're going to change these trees to these trees. They are literally giving a new paint drop. The the track stays the same. The line queue stays the same. The big mountain 
guess what? It's still there. And by the way, Tony Baxter is working on this project as a creative assistant. So he is assisting in the implementation of the new visuals. So, you know, for all the reasons you could be upset about Splash Mountain going down, one thing you really need to get, get in your mind, it's going to fundamentally be the same ride. I know some people say like, oh, well, with different visuals and music, it, it's going to feel different. Yeah, it's going to feel a little different, but structurally speaking, it's the same ride. And I'm going to throw in something even bigger. Maybe this is considered a hot take. I don't know. But if your ride is enjoyable based on the visuals and not the function of the ride, if changing the visuals mean that the ride now suddenly sucks, then that ride always sucked. Because you are riding a ride, not going around in a visual museum. You are riding a ride, and people rode that ride because it was fun. You want to know how I know they rode that ride because they thought it was fun? Because it was based on a movie that almost no one at the park had seen. They'd never seen it. They don't know what it is. They still don't really know what it is. And yet, that ride was very popular because guess what? It's a fun, fun ride. So... Uh, maybe I will do a full episode on Splash Mountain at some point. And by the way, I do have feelings about Song of the South being held for, you know, indefinitely. So, you know, hey, if you want to see that episode, or not see, hear it, uh, you can email me, you can become a Patreon member and request it, or if you're watching this on YouTube, you can like the video and comment. You would love to hear a podcast on the Song of the South and Splash Mountain. And I will make it because I, I don't have the most popular opinions with either side on this situation, but I do have opinions on it, and I would like to share that. Okay, it's been about 18 minutes or so now. Let's talk about the main topic, which ironically might not spend as much time with as we were on Splash Mountain, but I love the Criterion channel. I love the Criterion Collection. Criterion Channel is probably one of those um, services I will always have, even though I don't use it quite as often as other services because it's more curated and it's more about classic movies. But I love that Criterion highlights movies that get forgotten and that, that are classic. I remember during a particularly tough time, I went to the Criterion Channel and they had a collection called Noir in Color. And I, me and my dad watched some very good movies where these movies were noir films, but they were filmed in color. Like, that's just one example. They highlight certain directors and filmmakers, and so I remember that we were watching movies of David Lean, like, that were pre-Lawrence of Arabia. It, it was, it's wonderful. And I also am grandfathered into the $89.99 a year plan. Most people have to pay $120 a year now, but because I'm a founding member, I have my little tin card and everything like that. Well, one of the movies that they put on was Your Name, an anime film by Makoto Shinkai. Now, I would call it a romantic drama film. Most people call it anime because, you know, cartoons are all the same thing, right? Well, this was a great addition from Criterion. In fact, I really hope that this would be the start of Criterion highlighting Makoto Shinkai as a film director, because he has directed some great films, Voices of a Distant Star, Five Centimeters, 
um, per second, and the most recently Suzumi. And I think he's a director that's worth highlighting. Uh, by the way, Criterion also did Paprika by Satoshi Kon, and um, they didn't highlight him as a director, but they highlighted that movie. And, you know, it's really discouraging to see some Criterion responses to um, your name being there. Like, you know, I'm um, looking at the responses um, from the uh, tweet, and, you know, there's several pictures of, like, people frowning. Uh, one guy says anime is um, for teenage kids or something like that. People are retweeting it going, like, this is the end of the Criterion channel. We want serious films, not cartoons. And, you know, Criterion partially has their self to blame for this because I think it took them, like, 700 releases in the DVD uh, and Blu-ray era before they finally released an animated film in their collection, which ended up being Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. Uh, now, during the Laserdisc days, they did release Akira on Laserdisc, but they never went back and got Akira again. And they did eventually release like Fantastic Planet and Watership Down in the Criterion Collection, but they really don't release much as part of the Criterion channel. I would love to see, like, Twice Upon a Time in the Criterion channel. I would love to see the Plague Dogs as part of the Criterion channel. I would love to... I know they can't get Miyazaki films, but some of the Miyazaki films would be great. The studio... Like, Grave of the Fireflies. That's a, you know, quote-unquote Ghibli movie that kind of goes from, you know, distributor to distributor. I'd like to see that as part of the Criterion channel. And, you know, Wally was just recently indicted into the Criterion channel. It's like, okay, why don't we get like the uncut version of Fantasia in there? Why isn't Beauty and the Beast part of the Criterion channel? Heck, why isn't Song of the South in the Criterion channel? Like that, I think, would be the solution to Disney's problem. Put Song of the South in the Criterion collection. Don't put Disney's name on the packaging. Price it at $60. And guess what? You will never hear a complaint from a family member because no family member is going to accidentally buy their kid Song of the South if it was part of the Criterion channel. And the big big bottom line is that Criterion has done like a really poor job of highlighting animation animated films. Now, one of the reasons might be because animated films tend to be owned by big corporations and they kind of sell themselves. And maybe Criterion has a harder time getting those in the collection. Maybe they don't make an effort because they assume they don't need to bring attention to, you know, these movies. Because these movies sell themselves, if you will. They sell themselves a lot easier than Tokyo Story or Akira Kurosawa's Man Bites Dog. That's for sure. But they, for some reason, decided to um, pick your name and put it on their channel. And by the way, it's like, it's not like it's an exclusive rights thing. You can still stream your name on Crunchyroll. Like you can do that. And it was amazing to see the subscribers of Criterion channel, just like go like for lack of a better word, ape poop over it. I, I want to be careful because I still try to keep this a family friendly show when possible. And they just, they don't understand why it's there like oh you're you're doing a pg rated kids film it's like well okay first of all even though it's pg this is not a kids film it doesn't warrant a pg-13 but i don't think kids are going to find this very interesting to begin with and then you look at the artistry it's so beautiful you look at the script and the script definitely has some issues upon 
further rewatchings, but it's overall beautiful the first time through when, you know, you're not thinking about some of the inconsistencies in the overall story, story and you're just swept away and how good the characters were and everything. And I'm a little concerned because I was hoping that more people would be in support of Criterion showing a movie like Your Name. And maybe it's just me, but it seems like there's a lot more people who are angry. And I just wanted to, um, you know, make this little episode of the podcast to kind of almost encourage Criterion. Look, I know that you got some pushback on this one, and I don't really know why. But please continue to show animation on the Criterion channel. Animation has every right to be on that channel, just as much as black and white films, just as much as international films, just as much as movies from a tours. Like, now, I wouldn't put things like Paw Patrol, the movie, on the Criterion channel. Let's have some standards. And, and for those who like Paw Patrol, the movie, you know, it's fine. But it's made for toddlers, okay? Well, probably does not deserve to be on the Criterion channel. But, excuse me, I'm going <coughs> to cough a little bit. Sorry about that. But movies like Your Name do deserve to be on there. And maybe they could put Paltober movies on there someday. And yeah, I don't know if Dragon Ball Z movies should be on there. I don't think the Sailor Moon needs to be on there. But what about Whisper of the Heart someday? That seems like a good movie to, to be there. What about The Red Turtle? That seems like a good animated film to be there. What about The Breadwinner? That would be an excellent film to put there, as would Persopolis, as would The Illusionist. There are so many great animated films that should be on the Criterion channel, and I hope that this is a first step for the channel, not a pullback from the channel. So anyway, that is my encouragement to Criterion Channel. And by the way, here's another encouragement. If you haven't seen Your Name, you are missing out on a great film. So whether it's on Crunchyroll or Criterion Channel, I recommend you watch this one. And with that being said, that is the end of this episode of iCritic Live. Just to let you know, our next episode, I'm going to finally be telling you... <laughs> like two months after the year started, what my top 10 best films of 2023 are. Uh, I wanted to do it with one of my friends, but she is not available. So I am going to do it for you in podcast form. Be there. And again, if you are new to this podcast and you have not yet subscribed, let's make it official. Join the club. Subscribe to us on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Deezer, Amazon, whatever podcast form, and you can even check out our YouTube channel at iCritic. And of course, my print reviews are at www.icritic.net. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.